I pledge myself to the pod. Loyal I'll always be. A P to start, a D at the end, and an O sitting in between. Oh, nope, I forgot. Now I get a, I get a countdown that I will probably miss often. Welcome back to an Omnia Paratus. I'm Jay, like the letter. And I'm Angela, also known as AVO. We are two friends diving into our past and present, evaluating if we were ever truly ready for anything. We discuss all things from the definition of dating to all the things school didn't prepare us for. Listen as we talk about career changes, give plenty of unsolicited opinions, and work on becoming the people we want to see in the world. Hey, Jay. Oh, God, you're turning into Laura now. That was her thing. Similarly to like, oh, my God, Jay-Z, like the rapper. Hey, Jay, it rhymes. That's her thing. You might have to fight her for it. Well, see, that was more actually my intro into the next part of this, but I started laughing, so I had to mute myself. Okay, so, uh, hey, Jay. What team? Wildcats. What team? Wildcats. I'm really surprised you never went through a basketball phase with your high school musical slash Zac Efron obsession. But he sings. But intersectionality. You can't have one without the other. Um, movies two and three? Or will movie two would beg to differ? <laughs> But he came back to it in three. Yeah, and apparently was good enough being like five, six to get into Stanford. Uh, I think it was Berkeley. Okay, fine. Get into Berkeley. But regardless of Zac Efron's height, we're talking about basketball today. Jay, would, would you like to let everyone know why we're talking about basketball? Yeah, so Angela and I both have some control and anxiety issues around this podcast. We have different ways we like to format it, different things we like to do. But we all kind of know that we can get a little serious at some point, so such as our episode reflecting our identities being seen on screen, such as our Ginny and Georgia slash Chris Harrison and the Bachelor episode, or get real sassy and bickery like brunch. We like to give you guys, I feel like diversity is not the right word because it's already overused. We variety. just like to keep we you like on your variety. toes. Yeah, that too. So I thought, what should we talk about? And something I heard from the lovely first Black Bachelorette, Rachel Lindsay, in some interview where she said, and she was telling ladies, females, or just general humans who are interested in, know if they're straight men, then it would, nah. People who like stereotypical cis men, basketball, sports, you don't need to know about the game. You don't need to know how the game is played. You need to know about the stuff that Perez Hilton would report about, but in the sport world. So like who gets traded, who's fighting with who, maybe if there's a steroid scandal, kind of that kind of stuff. And then you'll be locked in. Like that's how you get the guys. You don't actually need to know how the game works. So then I was like, okay, I get this. I like gossip columns. I do that. We're perfectly in time for March Madness, which frankly, I'm sure if I had heard the term the majority of my life until college, I assumed it was kind of like the lazy, crazy hazy daisy summer of just like <laughs> something that happened yeah march madness like what is it like i don't know and then in college which i guess would make sense i learned this was a sport related thing and then it was a college sport related thing so since we're in perfect season for this we thought we would cover an episode on basketball from college to the nba to what information you need to know to get a date or if you would just like to learn more about the sport I am more for the former, but if you want this to be like an education for you, thank God we have Angela here. All right, so I am going to be completely upfront here. I love basketball, but I don't understand everything about it, particularly when it comes to college basketball. So like how to play? 
Well, no, just because I have no metric for it in my personal life. I don't understand really what pulls people in. So I'm actually curious how you learned about it in college because I don't think we went to a D1 school and we didn't have that great of a basketball team. No, but that's what like philanthropy was named. Oh, okay. There we go. That that makes sense. Okay. I had to use the hashtag on all my photos. I had to create a second Instagram for this damn thing to post like a hundred photos of the same people just running up and down a court. I didn't play, of course. Of course not. So like any good former student, I went online, combed through the NCAA and ESPN websites, and tried to load up on as much team info and March Madness history as I could to walk all of you through this today. Okay, I'm going to need to know what those acronyms stand for. NCAA? Yeah. That's the National Collegiate American... I wrote this down. National College Athletic Association. There's no sport in the other way. What do you mean? Well, you're like National College. I don't know what you were saying before, but there wasn't enough room for basketball or sport or whatever. Well, the NCAA isn't basketball specific. It covers all collegiate sports. And ESPN stands for Uh, Entertainment and Sports Programming Network. Huh, proceed. All right. So Jay put together a little mini outline for me. So I I tried to fill it in and answer as best I could. So Her first question was basketball. Why? So I interpreted that as why do people like basketball? There are three main reasons, specifically for college basketball, which we're talking about today. One, fans have either attended or currently attend a school with a basketball team. I say with a team because pride in one's alma mater often supersedes the team's actual talent. And there are 357 collegiate men's basketball teams in this country. Two, sometimes it's a family thing. Parents or your grandparents play aunt or uncle, your brother, your sister, Someone goes to a school with a really good team and then the whole family supports the team and it just keeps getting passed on from generation to generation. And sometimes it's geographical. Like just based on your location, if you are near a school with a good basketball team, sometimes you support that team. It's like when you wear a Stanford sweatshirt here in the Bay Area. Not everyone wearing the sweatshirt goes to Stanford. It's just because they live within 100 miles of it. I got a navy sweater from Forever 21 with like a Y Yale on it because I thought my Gilmore girl obsession like qualified me to get it cute love it but whatever you're hearing is nepotism nepotism and narcissism yeah those are those are the top three number four is actually having a love of the game whether you're a player or not Mm -hmm. but whatever your reason is for loving the game if you're here and you're listening today and you have a desire to learn, I, I I think we've got you covered. A little glimpse will kind of show you how the rest of the episode's gonna go. So if like you're really into sports or you don't find us entertaining, I'd skip this one out for the 53% male audience or any females who are very into or any non-binary. Just if you're into basketball and you really want a good technical explanation and you want to hear us it talk about here. stats and all of that, we're, we're not it for you. I'm really sorry, but also not sorry. Okay, so first question I have. How many people from college basketball go on to the NBA? 1.2% of male collegiate That's players. it? Yes. There are over 18,000 college men's college basketball players in this country. So what is so in terms of humans, what's that percentage? 1.2%. Yeah, but how many humans is that? Oh, is it seven? I think it might be 75. I didn't do that math. Okay, how many How many players did you say? 18 what? 18,873 or something like that. 18 times, and you said 1.2%? Mm-hmm. Times 0, 1. Google, ladies and gentlemen. 226.47, so we'll round down to 226 players of collegiate 
basketball go to the NBA each year? Where do the the rest of them come from? The NBA or an affiliate league. Because also within the NBA, I think there are three different places that they could go, either to a professional team, the G League, or... So is that like on Broadway versus off Broadway or like JV versus Varsity? We're going to go off Broadway because they have their own like completely separate teams and arenas. They can get called up to a professional team and they may have like... Affiliate is not the right word because they're technically associated with the team, but they're not an actual part of their regular roster. Okay, so then where do the other trillion basketball players come from? What do you mean, what other trillion basketball players? There are 550 players in the NBA. So I got 226. So that's not even half. Yeah. Oh, are they scouted like teen models and actors in malls? So kind of. So usually how you enter the NBA is through the NBA draft. To be eligible for the NBA draft, you only have to be 19 years or older, have been one year out of high school or more, and never have played in the NBA. So someone who hasn't played on a college team can just graduate high school, in theory take a year or two off, then declare themselves eligible for the draft. And if they are talented enough, teams will know about them and they will be included in that lottery. Okay, Angela, you're yes. six five, a male. You're fresh out of high school or a year out of high school and ready to audition for the NBA. <laughs> How does that go? Walk me through it. So I would have to have been talented enough in high school for scouts, coaches, people within a team franchise to know who I am prior to the draft in order for me to make any sort of headway there and get onto a team. I'm not sure, but I think someone from my high school actually did this. I think he foregoed college and he went to a training camp somewhere. So it was just this whole facility that was just for men and maybe even women who were trying to make it into the WNBA for them to train and make those connections to get into the draft. Side quick question for a minute. Yes. The question was going to be is how much more successful is the women's NBA than the W than the regular NBA? But technically one team wins from both leagues no matter what. So that's not exactly what I was getting at. Are you it was like you know making more in terms of like fan popularity or well no we all know people don't love women playing sports mm-hmm. but like how the women's um, like the women's olympic soccer team always does well but like no one really gave a shit yes now they do so it's like well my thing was mm, i that's i'm not getting i'm not getting to the place i was trying to get to i mean frank frankly in order to talk about the wnba i think we'd have to look at it from an entirely separate metric because they've established so many different rules in terms of how you can look at both of them that you can't do a side-by-side comparison. Got it. Funny story. As a child, I got an NBA and an MBA confused very often. Oh, that's so cute. So like I was really confused. And the thing that threw me off even more is the sister-sister episode where Tia is asked by something Beverly Beverly something to go work for the WNBA because she was the studious one. So it was to work in marketing. So it would go with an MBA too. (laughs) So I was really confused and I got them very often. So like you're getting a degree or you're playing basketball, like it's alter, you can switch it in and out. I think. Oh, I absolutely love that. College basketball, March Madness, narcissism and nepotism. Why the airtime in media? Because of that, it has the media entertainment machine is so large around these colleges that these media platforms or conglomerates get enough eyes 
from screening these games from ad revenue that they do this each year? I think so. God, that is definitely a bit of a weird question. So I googled that and the most popular answer that I got was most people in the United States have attended a college in the United States and that college probably had a basketball team and they probably are very proud or feel a personal attachment to that team. So that's what keeps driving it. Look at me being different. I know, very very difficult question. No, I meant like, I think I went to two basketball games for our Greek point system and it's not like they did very well. Yeah, that was definitely really sad coming into college and us not having a great team. Like I think my first year, our team had to sit out a bunch for whatever reason, like injuries, grades, something. There were always all these different rumors lying around. But in high school, my school had a really great basketball team. So that was always really exciting to like go watch those games and then coming into college. Oh, there's nothing happening. But I still went. Did we have a football team? We had a football team at one point and apparently we actually had a very good record while we had that team. Hmm. I was just looking at this the other day. I think we had a team in the 40s and early 50s like 15 years or less, but the team did very well. But back to basketball and March Madness. So I have a little history for you all because who would I be if I didn't give you a little historical background? Done. Right? So college basketball was founded in 1891 at Springfield College. So this has been around for a very long time. And the first NCAA tournament was held in 1939 and has been held every year except for last year because it it would have started right as the world shut down. But they're back this year and adapted to the format. Usually teams travel across the country to home games and away games. They take turns hosting, but they're all in Indianapolis right now, I think. Was that something I was expected to be able to bounce off to you? No, I'm trying to make sure I did that correctly because I was actually speaking with someone earlier and we had a whole like Indianapolis versus Annapolis debate. And the name March Madness actually comes from a high school men's basketball tournament in Illinois that grew from 10 teams to several hundred teams in the space of a few years, which took up the entire month of March, practically every high school gym in the state. So one of the coaches involved in that tournament started to describe it as March Madness. It became immortalized in print, and he even wrote a poem about it that got a lot of traction back in the day. And Well, do you have the poem to read for us? I do not. So I have the poem. It's about eight stanzas. Kind of long. I'm ready for it. very much a Charge of the Light Brigade theme. I need at least like two stanzas of this. Okay, hold on. Let me pull it up. I'm ready for it. Let's hear it in your best poet laureate voice. This poem is called The Basketball Ides of March. Colors clash as silk suits flash and race on a shimmering floor. Repressions die and partisans vie in a goal-acclaiming roar. On a championship trail toward a holy grail, all fans are birds of a feather. It's a fiesta night and cares lie light when the air is full of leather. Yeah, some high school basketball coach back in like 1950 wrote this. I can't wait till I make that the wave, Graham. Oh my god! Also, like, like is it also like I'm gonna sneak that in like wherever I can, like onto your dating profiles, onto the website. Like, it'll be <laughs> under your about paragraph, just having you read the poem. People are now going to Google March Madness and see Angela audiophile basketball Ides of March. Yes. Oh, Lord. Okay. Okay. So let's see how much I can get right about this. Okay. And then you can correct me. So they split the teams in half. 
North, south, east, west. I don't know, but it's north or south or east or west. Then two teams play each other and like in the brackets and they get narrowed down until one team from the, oh shoot, I was trying to make a West Side Story reference, but all I can think of is Benny and the Jets. Like the Jets <laughs> versus, I couldn't think of the, the Sharks. Yeah. So until you get the Sharks and the Jets and then like one of them wins. Yes. So you're right. They are technically start with 68 teams. The first four are eliminated in for some reason in something called the first four so they actually don't even count towards the official like march madness brackets so it's like the bachelor had the first night they send home like a bunch of roses at once and then they start going one by one yes i'm gonna make the best analogies i love it i'm ready for it anything that makes this receptive to an audience yes okay Right. Great. So yeah. So and so the first four, the first four from each side or two from the north and two from the south? So there are four. So they're split up into four regions, north, south, east, west. So one from each oh, region. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So one from each region and then starts first round. And then so from there, we go from 64 to 32, from 32 to 16, known as the Sweet 16, then from- Why? Just be- Do you get something if you make it to the Sweet 16? Just the glory of saying that you made it that far. That's lame. Don't be proud of that. <laughs> oh, Lord. Right, yeah. So there's round one, round two, which is when we get to 32 teams, round three, which is the Sweet 16, round four, which is known as the Elite Eight. So you have eight from each- That doesn't rhyme, and that's not a good alliteration. Elite Eight? Yes, not a good alliteration. Great okay. eight. But elite eight is, okay. It's a bad alliteration. It doesn't flow. Like the poem you read, it, do, it needs to flow together. <laughs> okay, I'll see if I can pull that coach out of retirement and see what he can do for the, the round names. Mm -hmm. From the elite eight, you get to the final four. And then from there, you go on to the championship. I think I skipped around in there, but that's okay. You just need to know the names. And then they just play like they would in the NBA. Like the game is consistent through high school, college, and the NBA. Like, are there any rules that are different? Um, not really. Everything is pretty much the same. I think the only real difference that I could find is that, okay, so games are split into two halves, two quarters per half, and the timing of the quarters is different. I think in high school, it's eight minutes, and then in college and the NBA, quarters are 12 minutes. And then I, so I've never really watched college games before, but they say that they usually run more plays. The game is a little bit faster pace and you see a little bit more diversity amongst the players. So I believe games are going to start tomorrow. So I will watch and I'll put that in the show notes and see if that's true. Jay is raising her hand. Yes, Jay. Jay has something to say about sports, particularly comma basketball. Ooh, is it going to make me sad? I don't think so. Okay. All right. Let's hear it. The whole 12 minute thing or eight minute thing or however many minutes a quarter is is deceiving because 12 minutes is not 12 minutes when everyone can pause and do the free throws and does the cheerleading and does the breaks with the mascot 12 minutes is like 45 minutes that's 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 pretty fair basketball is a little better about this it's not like it's not like football where you have like fifth i think it's 15 minute quarters and then you have a four hour game I think basketball is usually about two hours. Do you know what sports are great? 
volleyball and tennis. I've been to games of those where they've been over in 12 minutes. Like the entire game just ended. Oh yeah. All sports should follow that model. I mean, as far as basketball goes, it's a pretty like fast paced sport because when you factor in like legitimate timing rules on this. But it's not really. And then, okay. Okay, okay. how much time have you spent at a basketball game or any other sports game versus watching it on television? I mean, I was a dancer for a year in high school. So I went to every football, basketball and girls volleyball volleyball game for a year. Okay, yes. All right, so if you had to rank them, which is the longest? It's indoor outdoor. So like the football game felt really long because I was freezing. But if I feel like amount of time I was sitting there bored, basketball I think felt longer. But I also didn't feel cold inside the gym. Okay, all right. I think that we also need to get you to like a real professional game and like see how you feel about that where you're not a part of the entertainment. Mm. Because like Rory and Lane said, having greasy food and watching other people run around is pretty fun. But that's just watching you exist in life. See, but how often do you get to watch me run around with pizza and nachos in hand? Do you really want me to answer that publicly? Probably not. No. All right. Moving on. If you would like to know something about the technical aspects of March Madness, I'm going to give you a quick rundown here. So like we already covered, it is the NCAA Division I basketball tournament held for men. Women actually do have their own tournament held at this time as well, but for some reason we never talk about that. 68 teams play in single elimination rounds of seven until one is victorious and emerges as the national champion. Do they get rings in college? I don't think so. Oh, do they? I don't know. This is technically my first March Madness, so I can report back in about two weeks when they're finished. Got it. So there are a lot of teams here, so I was really curious about how it worked, and I couldn't really find a good explanation for it. So technically, 32 Division I teams are automatically given bids to the tournament regardless of what their regular season statistics look like. So they could have lost every single game, and one of these teams would still have a bid. I'll list them in the show notes. What qualifies? What are the statistics they look for for the other teams? They don't actually say. They say that the selection committee, which is a group of about 10 men who serve for five years, then evaluate the other teams in the Division One bracket and establish that they have the correct pedigree to compete and fill the other 34 spots. 36 spots? So is this like Oscar So White or rigged Grammys? Like, I want to say yes, but then I also don't know. And it was very hard to find anything that speaks about it because most of the most of the teams that end up in this tournament really don't give a reason as to why they think that they're there either. So there's definitely some mystery there. I don't fully understand it, but it was kind of nice to know that I'm also not the only one who doesn't understand it. If I'm your bar though, like that's not a good place to be. Oh yeah, definitely not. So I will be taking a very good look at this and I'll report back. Of these, of these 68 teams, once they're selected on Selection Sunday, they're given a ranking, one through 68. And then that ranking is called a pick or a seed and that's essentially their standing going through the entire tournament and so like the number one pick would play like the number or wait I'm not explaining that right okay so that's their pick or their standing and then when they're split up into their different regions they're ranked again one through 16 with the number one pick playing the number 16 
two, playing 50. Wait, what's the whole seed versus whatever the other term was? Seed and pick are the same thing. They're, they, they allegedly are not used interchangeably, but I've seen them used interchangeably in all of this different research that I've gone through on ESPN, the NCAA website, various other sports commentators' blogs. Got it, got it. Yep. Okay. So they play like number one, plays number 16, two to 15, three to 14, and so on and so forth. So if you're a number one, that means that they have very high hopes that you will make it all the way to the championship game. If you're a number 16, you're what's called a Cinderella team. So if you were to win, it would be a huge upset and it would be as if your fairy godmother came and dressed you for the ball and you swept the prince away. Oh, no, sorry. What? They straight up use the term Cinderella team. So if you're if you're a number 16, it means that they don't think you're going to make it very far. Essentially, they anticipate that you would be knocked out in the first round. So if a number 16 beats a number one, because this is a single elimination tournament, then that team that was favored to potentially win is knocked out. And this team who they thought would lose is then advancing into the spot that should have gone in their eyes to the number one. I'm going to need us to pick a TV show and to use some names, I understand. Okay, so imagine if... Oh, okay. In Grey's Anatomy, in the race for chief resident, we had Meredith, Christina, Izzy, George, or not George, Izzy, Alex... Wow, not Izzy. Wow. No, okay. Izzy was no Izzy Izzy was Izzy was right there. Okay. So Meredith, Christina, Izzy, Alex, April, and Jackson all competing to be chief resident. Yes. Izzy would be like the number six pick. Well, yeah, she just came back out of cancer. Yeah, so like she'd be number six. You wouldn't really think of her as a huge contender for chief resident. Meredith would be number one. Um, Christina would be number one. Excuse okay. me. Okay, Christina would be number one. So Christina and Izzy would in theory go head to head and like do a surgery together where Christina would be the lead surgeon and Izzy would be her assistant. And then Christina would mess up Nick and Artery or something. Yeah. Then Izzy would jump in, save the day. Christina would then move. Christina would then be knocked out of the race for chief resident and Izzy would move up in everyone else's eyes. Would she take Christina's spots or she would just rise from where she was? She would rise from where she was. Okay. So so they have the best team play the worst team? Yes. I feel like that's not fair. It like, shouldn't it be the two best game, the two best, then the two middle, then the two lowest? That's what it would seem like, but historically, there have actually been quite a few upsets in the first, second, and third rounds of March Madness, where, like, the number one contender who they thought would make it to the championship has been knocked out in their first game. So it's not clearly as much of, like, a gimme game as it seems. Okay. So this year... The top eight spots are going to Gonzaga, who is favored to win because I think they've wait, had a- we already- I, Wait, so some games have already been played. No, they're, all of this happens based off of their collegiate games that have been played this year. Oh, so the top eight that have going into March Madness. Yeah, these, these are the okay, top continue. eight that are favored. Gonzaga. Continue. Favored to win. Okay. Illinois. Where is that? Oh. East Coast. Okay. I'm Googling really quick. Spokane. Gonzaga is in Spokane. Spokane and Spokane are two different places I recently learned on TikTok. Oh, okay. Do I have this correct? Is it Spokane or Spokane? Washington? Yes, Washington. I swear they're two different places, but I wasn't really paying attention to that TikTok. I always said Spokane, Washington, and I thought like maybe Spokane was somewhere in Alaska. Y'all were American. Geography ain't it. Oh my God. 
Yeah, we're very sorry if we have offended anyone from either Spokane or Spokane, or if I just don't understand proper pronunciation. Uh, you can take that up with my university and ask them to revoke my English degree. And the certificates. And the certificates. Although I'd be really sad about those. Okay, Gonzaga, Illinois, Baylor, Michigan, Alabama, Houston, and Kansas are the top eight favorites right now. Those all sound like they're from the South. I know, they kind of do. I don't I don't believe they are, though. So the top eight. I don't know where Baylor is. Texas. Okay, so then only Michigan is not from the South and Gonzaga. So the top eight, this is the top eight for the whole league, but then you said they get re-put into a different top eight or into the top 16. They re-rank them once they're in their quadrant. But in this situation, since most of the top, the original top eight are going to be playing the same game, that sucks for everyone who's already in that league. Kind of, right? Kind of, yeah. It's it's very complicated. Honestly, this research made my brain hurt. There are too many teams involved here. This is why I like the NBA. There are only 30 teams. Mm, got it. It's a lot easier to keep straight. Those are the top eight. Don't really know what that means so much. Oh, wait, actually. Okay, I can tell you. There's Gonzaga, Baylor... Okay, so actually these top eight are pretty well spread out amongst the board because in my research for this, I actually made a March Madness bracket and joined my company's pool. How much money did you have to put in? Uh, 20 bucks. Oh. Yeah, and I found out right before we started recording, I can actually put in up to five. Hundred? Thousand? Million? Five brackets. So hundred dollars. Not that I plan why on putting would you in $100. Wait, why would you submit five different brackets? What does that mean? I think it's just to play your odds because with this whole idea of like number one playing number 16 and potential upsets, that could throw your entire bracket off. Like say, for example, but like, don't you just bet on the winning team? Well, no, you like every game, like you're wagering your odds that your winning team will beat all these other people. So for example, for my championship lineup, I have Gonzaga versus Illinois and I have Illinois to win. So I'm betting that for Gonzaga to make it to that final game, they have to beat either one of the first four teams, which is potentially getting knocked out today. So that's either Norfolk or Appalachian State. Then I have them beating Oklahoma, then Ohio, then Iowa to play Illinois. Do you know their Gonzaga was going to play all of those other schools? No, you're you're guessing. You're guessing. So all I know is that they're going to play either Norfolk or Appalachian State. So if Gonzaga and I'm betting wins that they're going to advance, and then between them, they will either play Oklahoma or Missouri, depending upon who wins there. And I'm betting that Oklahoma will beat Missouri. But if Gonzaga wins, you don't win. You have to guess all of the places until. Gonzaga wins. Uh huh. Two. Yep. Ugh. Yeah. Not as much fun as fantasy teams. See, that's why I said I really wanted you to try making a bracket because it's really complicated. Well, I thought a bracket and a slate were the same thing. <laughs> well, in essence, sort of, but not really. Story of my life. But yeah, that's that's essentially March Madness. So we heard it here, folks. Angela needs Gonzago to win. And all those other schools to be the ones to lead them there. Yes. So she can have her thoughts and prayers and tweets. I know. I'm actually... So yeah, see, I I need them to get there. But then I actually, once they get there, I need them to lose because I'm I'm betting on Illinois. Oh, damn. Yeah. Wow. So Gonzaga is highly favored in this, but I I think Illinois might have what it takes. Damn. So I don't know. We'll see. My choices aren't locked in until tomorrow. I might change my mind. Mm. Time to graduate? Yes.
So everyone, now that we're moving on, I need you to remember that if you're in college or recently graduated from college or like Jay mentioned earlier, if you are interested in someone who has interested in college sports, you may hope that this affair will fade as their graduation day comes, the graduation of their favorite player, the farther away they move from their collegiate life, or if their team has a disheartening losing streak. No. That's never going to happen. The team is here to stay. Yep. So my advice to you is pick a team. Like Lorelai said, any team. Any team. It needs you. Pick pick the person who's who you're trying to impress pick their team pick your family's team pick your best friend's team or pick a completely random team but pick a team and use that as your landing point because like we just told you there are 68 teams going into this ideally if you're just picking a random one try to pick one of those 32 that automatically gets a bid so that way you're in this conversation no matter what. Where do I find that list of that top eight? Um, oh, I'm definitely going to put it in the show notes, but do you want me to send it to you? No, just for people who might actually care. Oh yeah, I'm going to put it in the show notes and you can also find it on the NCAA website. Got it. Time for the big kid sports now. Mm-hmm. The NBA. Yes. The National Basketball Association. <laughs> yes. Don't know what that was, but <laughs> we'll go with it. All right. So Jay mentioned earlier, Player gossip is really big and it only gets bigger when we move into the NBA. Starting with the draft, every year in late June, the NBA draft opens up to eligible players, like we said, 19 and older who've never played before. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of tension, excitement, rumors that go along with this because I've noticed in all of these basketball articles, it's never referred to as gossip. They're all NBA rumors. So I'm assuming that just makes it seem a little more professional. I don't know. But within the draft, there are, like I said, there are 30 teams in the NBA. The 14 teams that do not make it into the postseason playoff games automatically get the first 14 picks in the NBA draft. So this is huge, especially for- I need you to say that again. Okay. 30 teams in the NBA. 14 of those teams do not make it into the postseason, i.e. playing for the championship title or any of like their conference titles. So those 14 are just out. So they don't get to draft people? No, they do get to draft people. They get the first pick in the draft because it's the NBA. Because they didn't do well. Yes. How socialist. Robin Hood, Hawkeye, take from the rich, give to the poor. Exactly. It's the way of trying to balance out the talent on every team. Why are the Raptors in the NBA? They're Canadian. I mean, I think we also let their baseball teams in too. Huh. I, I think it's just because they have the one and so they they have no one to play against. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, they don't they don't have their own league, so they're they're in ours. Yeah. Okay. So So the bottom and- 14 get to pick first. Yes. They get to pick first. I think it was recently expanded. So the five teams with the lowest season averages actually get the first five picks as well. So if you have like, say- Does does it go one per each team or each team gets five? One per each team. So there are two rounds. So everyone gets two picks within within the draft lottery. And then from there, it's kind of a free for all. So like they, in theory, I think, I actually think one of these guys who's playing in March- Madness is rumored to be the number one draft pick. Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State, rumored to be the 2021 NBA draft pick. If you're rumored to be a high pick, in theory, you don't have a lot of mobility for free agency because a team's automatically going to pick you up. And if you're picked by a team, you can only sign with that team. If you're number 30 and above and you are not within that initial lottery, you can play out different offers from different teams and you can decide which one you want to sign.
fine. But if a team chooses you, so is it like white elephant? Um, kind of for the draftees because they're going in saying that they want to be a part of the NBA, but they really don't have a lot of the higher you are in that pick, the less agency you have over where you end up. For example, this is um, a story that comes up a lot of Charles Barkley. He was big in the NBA. He's now a sports commentator. He was drafted and picked up by the 76ers and he really did not want to be on their team. And so his agent noted to him that there was a clause in his contract that said that if he was, I don't know if it, it exactly was that he was overweight or if he was underperforming or something to that effect, that they could release him within the first 30 days and then he could go back out and try to sign with another team. So he and his agent went to McDonald's every day for every meal, got three supersized meals, and he gained like 30 pounds in two weeks to try to get dropped from his contract. It didn't work, but he really wanted out because he he couldn't deny them because he was a high draft pick. And once he, once you're picked, that's it. This sounds much too equalizing to be the way Americans do sport. I think that's why I like basketball the best. See, but on the other hand, there's definitely... Within the last few years, a lot of the player gossip and drama has revolved around um, where players end up, where their trades go, how they're using picks and things like that, because a lot of players have actually tried to force trades, which is something that's very unheard of and very unsportsmanlike. I think it might actually be like against part of like the NBA like code of conduct. And I tried to find that, but I couldn't before this. So I'll have to link it. But we already used Grey's Anatomy. Like Alex Karev said to the chief after the Denny incident, it's your team. You may not like the players, you may not agree with the coach, but that's your team and you respect your team. But some players have been outright disrespectful to their teams in the past few years to try to force early trades. So like, do you remember when Anthony Davis moved to the Lakers two years ago now? Of course. <laughs> No. Okay. Well, basically, in order to really force his trade to go through to the Lakers, he openly disparaged the Pelicans, the team that he was on. And so it like really sounds like a Karen. Like kind of. I, I didn't I didn't agree with it. Like it's one of those things that's kind of weird for both fans, the franchise and the league because fans get really excited because he's a good player and he's a key player. He's been to a lot of playoffs recently. He now works very well with the Lakers, their give and take. But at the same time, in terms of the league, it's like they have a really great player that brings a lot of eyes in, but he's breaking their rules. So what do you do? Like, do you suspend him and have fans turn against you or not trade him? In which case he can just decide he doesn't want to play or even worse, he could do something Antonio Brown like when he didn't want to play with the Raiders. So it's what I don't know what that means. Oh. What did he do? Okay. So this is sort of speculation, but basically Antonio Brown football player player, was traded to the Raiders, I believe, did not want to be there, was very vocal about it, but everyone kind of told him to just suck it up and wait until he was really out of his contract. He then said he fell asleep in a cryogenic chamber and got frostbite on his feet that was so severe, he was out the whole season until oh, his one-year contract was up and then he went to the team that he wanted to. So I feel like the system just sounds like a lose, 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 lose. Like no one, no one's happy with this because if what I'm understanding is if you're a bomb ass draft pick because you're really high, mm -hmm. you're going to go to one of the sh teams that didn't do well enough mm -hmm. the previous year. Right. So yeah, it's, 
It's definitely strange. Like, unless you're supremely wonderful, you're usually only going in for like a limited contract, like a year, three years, something like that. But then also every year when the draft comes around, draft picks can be traded. So you can actually trade a pick for another player. You can say like, hey, I'll pick up so-and-so's contract and I'll give you the number one pick. So a number one pick could actually go to a really great team, but they might get mm. a new raw talent for one of their seasoned good players. Mm. Yeah. So that's that's definitely why the draft is very spicy. Okay. So I'm just using the three names I know in basketball. Okay. So, like, let's say Houston Astros. Is that basketball? Uh, baseball. Damn it. Ugh. I don't know what basketball team. Well, you know the Lakers. You know the Warriors. I know, but, like, I'm not trying to go NorCal SoCal. I okay. wanted another team. Pelicans. Use the term Pelicans. They're a basketball team? Yes. There's the okay. Pelicans. Pelicans. So, the Pelicans sucked butt. Okay. And Steph Curry's the only name I know. So, Steph Curry's new in the NBA. <laughs> okay. And... The Warriors really want him. So they could give away LeBron James to the Pelicans to get the first draft pick if they want Steph Curry. Yes. So generally, they're not going to give away that big of a name, but yes. It's the only name I know. I know. I know. It's okay. That's something that could happen. Then there's the on-court, off-court beefs, which may or may not happen between players, players and coaches, team to team, or even between player and commentator or broadcaster. I like the video where someone falls into John Legend. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Or maybe it was Ashton Kutcher. I don't know. There's some video where some like basketball player like falls into the lap of it's either Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis or Chris Deacon and John Legend. I don't remember, but it was someone and he just like falls into their lap. Oh my God, that's really great. I'm actually really sad because Steph Curry fell oh, last I think night it was or the D-Wade. night before. I think he fell somewhere. Oh. Yeah. Steph Curry fell last night and injured his tailbone. I'm very sad. Okay. So when you're picking a fantasy team, mm-hmm. there are like, we're not going to explain how to play basketball because one, I don't really care. And two, that's just going to take too long. <laughs> it's okay. I'll put it in the show notes. How many different positions are there? So technically three, but also six. Because okay, well, here's my question. When you're looking at statistics for your fantasy league, I'm assuming you're looking at different statistics depending on the position you're looking for. Are basketball fantasy leagues a thing? I thought all sports had them. Okay, you're right. That is a thing. I thought it was only football and baseball for some reason. Okay, so yes. So you have... No, hold on. Okay, all right. So there are... Well, technically, there are five players. There are five positions. You have your point guard, your shooting guard, two forwards, and a center. And then I think the forwards also have... Small forward, power forward? Yes. Okay. So those are your five positions. You're going to look at for fantasy basketball, which I didn't know existed until 30 seconds ago. And now I'm going to attempt to sound like an authority on it. You're going to- Channel your inner white man. I, I know, right? So you're going to look specifically if you want someone just in that position, you're going to look at their statistics there, but then you also want to see how great their maneuverability is. Like, can they switch it up? Can they be in another place? Like, if you need someone to, and I don't actually know how, if this is possible, but you know, if you have like a center and then all of a sudden you want your center to be the shooting guard, like, is that possible? I hope a listener responds to her because I'm certainly not going to. 
I I I know. Yeah, please. I we have we have two we have two basketball fans for listeners. One of you please DM us. Yeah, like my question was if you're making a fantasy team, what kind of statistics are you looking for for different roles? Yeah, that I have no clue. I've never participated in a fantasy team. Well, it's like okay, I was going to say for like your shooter, but like that's not a position. It, I don't know. What's the name? Point guard? That's a basketball position, right? So if someone's a point guard, what are you going to look for in their numbers for them to be on your fantasy draft? Okay, I have to admit, of all the questions I expected you to ask, that was not one of them. So I had to do some furious Googling here. So according to USA Basketball National Youth League, we're going to go with youth because I'm sure that like all the skills that you learn as a kid definitely translate to what you do later. Like how we learned about the pilgrims on Thanksgiving. Well, aren't we teaching kids better I now? Don't know. I mean, I certainly hope so. We stopped calling it Columbus yeah. Day, right? Yes, we did get rid of okay. that. So, generally, a point guard should be good on the offense, easily able to score, make good assists. But if I'm good on the offense, what number are you looking at? Like what figure? I what do you I mean, I think that's all kind of, well, it's not all relative, but you would have to go into things that I do not understand. Got it. Okay, carry on. Next question. My next question is, are short people like really incapable playing basketball? Like, couldn't we make the hoop proportional to a person who's like 5'7 that we do for guys who are like 9 feet tall? I mean, definitely, but I think that there there are short players in the NBA right now. Yeah, but short in the NBA is like 6'3". I mean, like there's nobody our size, but no, there play, are players shorter than 6'3". Steph Curry is 6'2". Yeah, like there have been players who are like 5'9", 5'8". I think it just really depends on your overall skill. It's not necessarily all about height. Like there are some guys who have been in the NBA who don't necessarily have the shooting skills. Like they're there for the rebounds and for the assists, for the blocks. But I think when it comes down to like your overall talent, size isn't that much of a determining factor. I'm not going to say that it doesn't matter, but there are very successful players who are not 6'6". I know, but like if you're 5'7 and everyone else is like 5'9, like it's literally or whatever, 6'7, 5'9, whatever. It's literally not the same. Oh yeah, definitely not. But I mean, at the same time, it's it's not an exclusionary factor. Or I'll say it's not the largest exclusionary factor. All right, how high do you think the hoop is? Between eight and a half and 10 feet. Okay, yes, you're right. It's 10 feet. So like not not ridiculously tall, but I mean, not everyone can dunk on it either. Do you get points for duck? for dunking or is it a flex it's a flex three points for field goals or beyond being beyond the three-point arc two points within one point for free throws got it okay um what other questions you said you had some like odd ones prepared what did you have prepared um well i had the poem you only had half the poem <laughs> i have the whole poem now i'm not reading the whole thing though We'll, we'll end it with the last two stanzas then. Okay. Oh, well, you did ask about- That's it. That's what you were preparing. That's what you were preparing with your mom was the poem. I have 15 pages of notes here, okay? It's a lot to flip through. I know. So what- so, I know. So what else? So what else did you uh, think okay, I was well, going to ask? Said that you wanted to talk about referees. So I did a little investigating there. There was actually a huge NBA referee referee bias cheating scandal a few years ago. For money? For what? money. So yeah, his name was Tim Donaghy and he placed bets on games that he refereed and then claimed that it was all just a coincidence that he bet on the winning team. 
And that wasn't illegal? Uh, yeah, apparently they haven't actually like passed a law on it. They haven't declared it illegal. So he did this for years. And I believe that there were actually like some su- alleged mob ties involved as well, where he was making money. A lot of other people were making money. He All mob bosses, IJ, have no partaking in knowledge of what said other co-host is speaking of. I don't pay attention to sports. I have no involvement and or investigation in what happened. Thank you. Wait, wait, wait to hang in for the solidarity there. Thank you. ITB. Mob bosses, if you are listening, I hold nothing against you for this. She just wanted the tea. So I found the tea. So what I just thought was interesting here was that he was found out. He pled guilty to an FBI and NBA investigation, did 15 months in prison to await his trial, was then, all charges were then dropped, he was released, then he came out and said that he did nothing wrong, the NBA killed the investigation, and the FBI had nowhere to go with it, so all charges were dropped. Did we find him in a lake? No, he's still alive, he's still out there claiming that he did nothing wrong, it was all a coincidence. But I think he won money off of more than 60 games. Oh, so he pulled a Bridgerton or a Featherington. Mm -hmm. Pardon me. Yeah. So there's that. And then I went through and I pulled NBA salaries for you. You'll be happy to know there are 131 players that are making eight figures. So if any of you live by the Sweetie song and eight figures is just right for you, there are 131 men out there. I'm sorry. Do you know the demographics of our podcast or do I need to pull them up for you? I don't know. It could have changed. Got it. Can you refresh me on the Sweetie lyric you were referring to? I'm going to pass there just in case I forget to mark this explicit. Maybe the song title timestamp so other people could go hear it if they're invested. Got it. Well, what's the song? Oh, My Type by Sweetie. Oh. Oh, okay. I know the song now. Got it. I didn't know by who the artist was. Oh, I get it now. (laughs) It was a slow burning joke, apparently. I've been away from side too long. Sorry. That's okay. I think that's your little like favorite song. If I remember. I think it is. Like, if I recall correctly. Oh, she wants everyone to match one day for Outside Lands. Yeah, that's why we're wearing Grey's Anatomy scrubs. Mm-hmm. So I know you wanted to talk a little bit about player salary. Do you still want to? Or Okay, so basketball players make money from the team and from advertising deals that they have on the side. Yes. Or sponsorships, whatever you want to go with. The teams make money from ticket sales, merch, food, alcohol, parking. Like that when a, when a game's on ESPN and the ads are running, do those ads go to – are they paying ESPN or are they paying the teams playing? I think they're paying ESPN. Yeah. So it's like the teams aren't making money through ads. Oh, and then team sponsorships. Teams get sponsored as well. Right. Mm. I just remember the whole thing with Steph Curry and Nike and why he's with Adidas or Reebok or whatever. Under Armour. Wait, what happened with Nike? I thought it was Nike. They like reused the same presentation from, I think, Kevin Durant and like didn't even change the name. Oh, I thought it was Nike. That is a slap in the face. It was some. It was another big thing. He was supposed to sign with another big sport company and then they did that to him. So he was like, nope. Mm-hmm. I think the best way to end this, before we get to Angela's lovely two other two other stanzas of that poem, and she lubricates her voice, I'm going to look up a quiz of how to play basketball, and I'll take it live. Okay. Perfect. Basketball rules and terms quiz on proprofs.com <laughs> slash quiz okay. school slash story. Start. 
Perfect. Question number one. Check all of the items below that are names of basketball violations. <laughs> Traveling. Yes. Blocking foul. We'll come back to that. Grabbing. We'll come back to that. Elbowing. We'll come back to that. Field goal. Yes. No. Is he all- but you said field goal, but I don't know if that was allowed or not allowed. Shit. Unsportsmanlike conduct. Well, with how like socialists like the team picking is, that sounds like we're doing dangerous play. Offsides. We'll go with yes. Technical foul. Lane violation. No. There aren't lanes. Over the limit. Pass interference. Charging, tackling, yellow card. Well, tackling would be football. Charging also sounds like it's football. Yellow card I thought was soccer. Um, we'll go with all the fouling. We'll throw grabbing. Dangerous play sounds fun. Um, pass interference could make sense. I don't know what over the limit would be. <laughs> we'll go with that. Okay. So unfortunately, so the ones that are actually basketball violations are traveling, blocking foul, elbowing, unsportsmanlike conduct, knew it, technical foul, lane violation, and charging. What is a lane violation? It has to do with location of like where you are on the court and how you're shooting the ball and or also blocking for the ball. It's kind of weird, but literally just like your proximity like to the hoop and other players when taking shots and or blocking like can be a violation. I'm skipping okay. around because we're not going to bore you with 21 questions with how that one go went, how that one went. Number eight, a hand check is A, a foul, B, intermittently or continuously using one or both hands on an opposite player or c both of the above i want it to be continuously using one or both hands on an opposite player because that sounds funny oh it's both it's also a foul oh well pick a number from 1 to 21 um 17 17 the maximum number of consecutive seconds an offensive player can be in the paint two three <laughs> so- five or ten one with three Hey, I got one right. Good job. Thank you. What does it mean to be in the paint? So you know the rectangle like in front of and under the hoop that's usually in the team's colors on the court? Oh, yep. is it? Yep. Huh. Uh, yes, I know where that is. But like, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> okay, let's do one more or we'll do two more. Okay. End it on five. Fourteen. One on one is... A, a shot worth only one point, or B, a free throw attempt awarded for a certain violations that earns the shooter a second attempt only if the first is successful. A one and one. I thought it's a one on one. I'm like, one on one, isn't it? When just two, pl- when two people are playing each. <laughs> I'm going to go with the free throw. Yay! A free throw attempt awarded to a cer- for a certain violation. Yeah, because a shot that's only worth one point would only be the first one. The and wouldn't make sense. I rank- I moved up ranking in this quiz. Thank goodness. Okay. One more question. Make it 21. 21. Which of the following are influences on you as a which of the following are influences on you as a basketball player? Is this like a fill in the blank? I feel like this is subjective. No, it's LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Diana Tarasi, Magic Johnson, Wilt Chamberlain, Mike, Stewart, and Tony. Who cares they're all old? <laughs> I feel like that's a very subjective question. Okay. I agree. Is this gonna like help deter? Is this gonna like give you like your playing personality or? No, this is like, this is like a rules and terms quiz. Very interesting. Um, who who are you gonna go with? Um, Magic Johnson. The correct answer is who cares? They're all old. Oh, okay. So now we all know that today's episode kept me about where I was in terms of my knowledge. I did understand learn something about brackets today though, so that was kind of 
interesting. That was kind of interesting. I don't know why there was a pause there. But to end it, <laughs> I keep saying end it all, excuse me. To send us off, are your nodes lubricated? Oh, I suppose so. All right, you said you want the last two? Yes. All right, well, hold on a second. It's okay, we're all ready. Inspire me, us, we. Okay, the final two stanzas of the Basketball Ides of March? Basketball Ides of March, yes. Final two stanzas. Since time began, the instincts of man prove cave and current men kin. On tournament night, the sage and the white are relatives under the skin. It's festival time, sans reasons or rhyme, but with national-wide appeal. In a cyclone of hate, our ship of state rides high on an even keel. With war nerves tense, the final defense is the courage, strength, and will in a mill in lives where freedom thrives and liberty lingers still. Now eagles fly and heroes die beneath some foreign arch. Let their sons tread where their hate is dead in a happy madness of March. Oh, that last one's a mouthful. Right, but yes, everyone, I will post the poem. I will post the rules of basketball. Maybe if I can pull my bracket down, I'll post that too. And yeah, hope hopefully we, we've helped you in some respect. If anything, just pick a team. When in doubt, pick a team. It needs you. And on that note, thank you all for listening to this episode of In Omnia Paratus. Grab your coffee bowl and don't forget to rate, download, and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. As always, where you lead will follow. So head on over to at In Omnia Pod on Instagram and let us know more about what you'd like to hear about. Bye. Go sports. <laughs>